0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law hey trojan fans it's time to get into the huddle with the peristyle podcast the peristyle podcast is your weekly ticket to usc football and recruiting news don't forget you can download the podcast 24 7 at our website com. and now Here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham.
1: Hello Trojan fans, welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. We're going to talk about some USC Trojan football, of course, 5-0 coming into this weekend's game against Washington State taking care of business against Arizona State over the weekend, 42 to 25. I got my buddy Chris Trevino along with me. If you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms, thanks for doing that. If you're watching live on YouTube, we've just came from USC practice, put up some content and stuff, and we're broadcasting this live simulcast on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash inside So we appreciate you all coming out and checking that out. If you put your comments uh, in the chat box, we'll be able to Put them up on the screen and uh, check them out to what you had to say. Uh, if you have any questions or comments you want to send in the show ahead of time and you want to be a part of the the whole podcast, you know, on the podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, all that kind of stuff, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. I mentioned the Apple Podcasting app. If you would not mind, you know, if you you know take a little bit of time out of your day, we appreciate it very much to, to go over to your Apple Podcasting app and leave us a five-star rating uh, and review. It really helps us to grow the show. We got over 1,000 ratings so far, but those reviews definitely help. Uh, we got a couple new ones, Chris. Oh.
2: Yeah. Interesting, interesting. I haven't read them yet,
1: so hopefully they're oh, wow. good. They are five stars. So unless they're, unless they're like setting you up. They could. So we we encourage that on the podcast of Champions, a little plug there, where we like give us five stars and then just trash us in the review. And that's fun. We people do that all the time. It's very funny. But what do um, we got? What do we got? We got uh Scaramouche. Scaramouche uh says five stars, good stuff. A good forum. Would like more shoddy and Ryan. They both provide subs- substantive information and in straight in a straightforward manner. My only criticism is that Chris always <laughs> tries to be funny. And he has this tendency to use 50 words rather than 20. I will give Chris a C grade. Shoddy and Ryan get A's. Okay, Chris, I'm really sorry. I didn't even know. I just started reading that. I could have just skipped it, but he did love me as a five-star. So I don't know. I, I don't I, even know what to say. I don't agree <laughs> yeah. with his assessment. Um, Maybe I should have read this ahead of time. Maybe. Let's just do (laughs) another one. Let's just do another one. GC Thunder says, essential for USC fans, Parastel podcasts are very informative, well-produced, and enjoyable. They make for great entertainment on my morning jogs, although I'm usually done before the three-hour, two-star, cold open wraps up. Although Trevino's ghost notes easily justify the price of the VIP membership. Fight on. So okay, there you go. Okay. How's that? You, okay. A little well, we're one on. and
2: one. We're one and one. Let's, <laughs> you got one more
1: just to even that, it out? That was it. That, that was, was it. Okay. Got, yeah. So
2: we, we fin- I finished uh, zero in the turnover margin.
1: You were, you were exactly like USC against Arizona State. I broke State. even. You were broke even on the, the turnover That's margin. That's my sweet but spot. You didn't get a failing grade from uh, the first one, but um, it, it, nice. Thank you all for the reviews. We do appreciate uh, that. It's a lot of fun and you know, we we'll have a good time with it. You say something funny in the reviews, we like to read them uh, and, and have a good time. We have a bunch of questions and stuff we want to get to. We got to talk about some of the topics, but before we get to all that, I do want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. Uh, my mom was visiting this last weekend mm-hmm. or this last week, Chris, helping out, and uh, she do- walked over to our local Trader Joe's, brought back a bunch of snacks. It was good. It's pumpkin time over. So if you go to traderjoe's.com, there's a Caramel apping dip, caramel. Excuse me, caramel apple dipping kit, uh, which I love. I love the caramel apple stuff. Do you like that? Do you like those? Are you
2: a fan? Did we? Do, I feel like I'm in a time loop. Didn't we do caramel caramel last? But there was a difference. There was a there different was a, thing. But it, we talked about caramel. We did. Yes. Yeah. Last time. I'm not a caramel apple guy. No. Okay. You know, just I'm, I, I I I understand why people
1: are, and I appreciate them, but it's not my it's not my go to thing. But there's lots of good pumpkin stuff in there. And it's funny. My mom came back. Sort of like a random, like the uh, the orange chicken, which you like. So we Slaps. we were doing a lot of uh, eating out, you know. So we were like, let's make some food in. So she, she walked over to Trader Joe's when I was in the studio doing work and picked up some orange chicken. And then they had like this multicolored carrots, like frozen carrots that were really good. Um, doesn't normally go with orange chicken, but it worked. And then I can't remember the name of the rolls, but there were these like long rolls that she put in the oven that were also really good. So um just kind of three things i never would have put together but that's that's what i love about going to trader joe's you can just go in there find some stuff put it together and then boom and you have yourself a meal and it was a great it was a great meal there so well shout out to tj's TJs. i haven't
2: been in a while i need i haven't been since our bake-off so i need to i need to replenish some uh some trader Joe's stuff so yeah oh you got an
1: uh, excellent reminder uh ryan you got to go back there so um yeah, so I look like it looks like your comments are coming up right now, and we actually can go uh, more than an hour. So if the the podcast Chris is not doesn't want this to go more than an hour, but if the podcast happens to go more than an hour, we can still put your comments up there. So if you you have a question, you're watching us live on YouTube, just put question up front so I can spot it off. I will mark it uh, as a question and come back to it um, a little bit later on. But Chris, yeah, uh, I, y'all, I just want to
2: say yes. I just I'm not over that comment from earlier from the thing. I just want to say uh, to the comment about tries to be funny. I am funny. He is so funny. let's let's get that straight. I want that on record and I'm funnier than you. That's not you. I'm talking to the person who left
1: that comment. That's right. what I have to say. Maybe I just said it. That really wasn't a Right, comment you, you at all. I'm going to go back
2: and it's n- that you added in that whole yeah, uh, like, like there's no sentence, comment here there's not that even says a that. Samouche he made that up on the spot. <laughs> I'm actually impressed you made up a
1: username like that.
2: Perfect. Uh, but go ahead, jump us into whatever you want to talk about.
1: Uh, okay, so USC defeats uh, Arizona State. We've kind of talked about a lot of this stuff before on Tunnel Vision and everything. Sure. Um, digesting it, I don't know if you got a chance to rewatch it. Um, Caleb Williams, you know, absolute magic back there. They got that. Uh, Kalen Bullock turnover at the end of the game. So the turnover streak lives on. One thought that you maybe didn't have at the game or after the game about this one, Chris. Uh, one thought, one thought, one thought.
2: That's really tough because we, I've already shared a lot of thoughts on this. I w- well, Here's two things. One, I'm very upset that I've gone 0-2 in cover picks the last two weeks. mm
1: um, and you have as well, correct? Uh, yes, I picked USC. USC's 3-2 and two against the spread. I really thought yeah. they were going to cover. I picked cover. them every time. I,
2: I I might pick them again just just to keep going, just to, to triple down on that. Um, But I thought they were going to cover. I saw it happening, that last drive. Multiple penalties. Multiple things went wrong yes. to give Arizona State that drive they needed to keep it within... Within the the covers zone or whatever you want to call it, and because if USC got that ball back, they were scoring, and they did score after that. But that is something that sort of like because I don't care about the record, Ryan, but you I don't? Also, but I also do, right? I very much do. I'm slumping on picks. I'm slumping on predictions. Yeah, your predictions it, it's, have
1: it's, been kind of butt. That is a te- uh, technical term, yes. <laughs> they have been very, but. What was your favorite prediction you got right in the last three weeks? Do you have a lot of choices oh, there for were, that? Or were there no, 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 no.
2: no. <laughs> there was one where everyone was like, what was it? Oh, it no, was wh- the first week or something? Oh, what was it? This is so annoying. Because um, it was like it happened and everyone was tweeting at me that I called it.
1: Oh okay. I don't remember what oh, that was. Man. I was just joking because I think you're 1 in 15 or 1 in 14 the last Oh, oh, three you weeks.
2: meant you meant the th- Oh, you was What's a your bit. favorite pick cuz it was the only the one, only one right. that I got, Yes, which was, I don't even remember what it is. That was the joke. Yes. I don't even remember what it is. Um, but I guess I'm trying I'm Ryan I've been
1: stalling and I don't really have That's okay. A thought Something that like I think people have like kind of moved on from the Arizona State game for sure. I, I the the picks my picks were I've been really good in the Pac-12, and then this last week yeah, it wasn't Pat, very you're good. Back. Pat your back for me. But then this last week it wasn't good. Uh, I got USC wrong. I got the only teams I got right were the like the, the really butt teams. Picking against Stanford, picking against Colorado. Those are the only two of the six games I got right. All the home teams won by the way in the Pac-12. So home games, the Pac-12 teams would be a uh, a big deal this year. So, uh we we did have a we, comment from um Cameron said called you the man. So, he said F the haters. So, uh Cameron, the, I love you. You got some support.
2: I love you, Cameron.
1: Yeah. Uh but yeah, we can like we, get, you know,
2: we, I just want to say we need a new way to talk about the previous week's game at the top of the show because you and I we've talked We <laughs> talk about it so much. From whether you do the instant after the game or, or when we do Tunnel Vision yeah, and you do the Harvey Hyde show already. And then yes. by the time we get here, we're already shifting I mean, gears into something else. And sometimes we'll do a car cast. So by the, there's chances we've done it three times by right. the time we've, uh, we get to this point. So maybe I just do some moving forward. Maybe I'll just do some impromptu take it or leave it. Uh, off the game if your game we'll try to do like five i'll try to i've been taking a lot of improv lately so we're just going to improv this all at the top and see what happens you want to play along with this yeah i'm I'm in i'm down okay Um, so arizona state you watch caleb williams uh based off what you saw against uh arizona state mm -hmm. uh caleb williams oregon state game was a fluke
1: i'm taking it yeah, I think it's, I don't think it was like a defensive scheme thing. I think it was a tough place to play on the road. I mean, he talked about his mechanics being a little bit. Um, yeah, I, that just, I mean, it looked like Oregon State was impacting kind of what was going on, but I think a lot of it was on USC's side, on, on Caleb Williams' side. So, yeah, I would say that's more of a fluke. I don't, I don't think you're going to see a performance like that the rest of the season. Okay, some things I was
2: looking at with the running backs take it or leave it, forcing relief too much, not enough
1: Austin Jones running the ball. I think that, yeah, it seems like it was sort of so like. you're taking that. You're trying. I'll take it. Like, it's one of those things. What? Don't make. What was it? What was it from Mean Girls? Don't make Fletch. You can't make Fletch happen or uh, something like that. Fetch. Stop trying to fetch. make Fetch yeah. happen. So I feel like you're trying to make that happen. I think it can be great. It can be, but it's. I think it's going to be a little more natural. It seemed to be a little force fed, just from my opinion. Okay. Okay.
2: Let's transition a little bit to defense. Yep. Defensively, based on what you saw in Oregon State, you would consider. Uh, the arizona state performance a letdown
1: um i'll take it okay that's yeah three takes i would take it because i feel like this was one of those deals where it was it wasn't what arizona state was doing it was more of like what usc was doing it they you know i asked uh tulipaloto Tule, about this today like hey what was different and stuff like that um and it was to me it was just more about they were a lot more aggressive. They were getting after it in the second half. They were up near the line of scrimmage and I felt like they were back off of it in the first half. So to me it was just more about scheme-wise they didn't weren't really doing the right stuff. That that's what it felt like to me. So I'll take it. Okay. Take it or leave it. The special teams are
2: going to hit a new floor. There's still
1: something coming where they're going to get burned. My, I probably have to take it, but I want to leave it. I feel like, cause I asked Lincoln Riley about that today. We can talk about that later, but talk about um, it now. Yeah. Uh, so I asked him like, Hey, give the assessment of special teams. He kind of broke down everything and he liked the kicking game and he liked the punt game. And you know, he felt like that they needed to clean up some things and the coverage. Uh, I forget if it was the punt or kickoff return uh, coverage, He's, he said, you know, punt, Punt return was fine, but you know Jordan Addison fumbled a ball in this game. You know, did he mention that? No, he I just, don't think he said that. I think he kind of over. He said that. some. He didn't mention the fumble, but he did mention that like the punt return game was fine. Um, I wanted to follow up and just be like, why don't you just like fair catch everything? But whatever. <laughs> uh, and then you know, and also didn't mention the onside kick team giving up. You know, they got wiped out for a penalty. It would have been an onside kick for Arizona State. But he did, you know, kind of was abrupt at the end about the kickoff return game. And, you know, doesn't want his offense, you know, the offense started at the five and the six, you know, because of screw ups on the kickoff return team where you could just go like this, fair catch, and you get it at the 25. It's pretty simple. So uh, I feel like he's a, he knows it, definitely knows it, but. Sometimes people can get, I'm not saying he's going to be stubborn, but just in general, you're like, we're going we're gonna to keep doing this. We're going to make this work as opposed to, why don't we just fair catch the ball? I don't think they're going to fair catch the ball yet, so I feel like there could still be going down more. It, but it'll take like a fumble kickoff or something where they're like, stop, we're just going to fair catch now. So I don't think they've hit rock bottom, so I'm going to take it.
2: College football coaches notoriously not stubborn,
1: Ryan. <laughs> Notoriously not stubborn See, you say Chris is not funny That is called sarcasm He doesn't feel that they're Ryan's great at sarcasm mm. uh, Finally, take it or leave it yep. uh,
2: There should be concern about the offensive line uh,
1: Last two weeks A all, little
2: bit shaky at It gave me
1: all takes I'm tra- I'm looking for this picture here I was trying to put up Yeah, like uh, Justin it's not being in Um, I think that was a, you know, a big deal. And we got to see Cortland Ford, but then he gets that holding call that wipes out an 82 yard touchdown bomb. And, uh, then we don't see him again. Now, Lincoln Riley said today, it didn't have anything to do with Cortland Ford, you know, getting that holding call. And, uh, he's, he said as a younger coach, he might pull somebody for one play. He's more mature now. He's not going to do that, but it just seemed like Bobby Haskins was playing better way too much pressure. And you look at a guy like, you know, Caleb Williams, I think we, we talked to Malcolm Epps earlier today about his elusiveness, his, you know, the capability. And it's just, he's like, yeah, people are like, how did he even do that? You know, he's a magic man back there, but you don't want to put him in a position where, all right, Caleb Williams, you're really good. Why don't you start at the five and the six, you know, and, and, and have to do a jump pass out of the end zone to save, you know, save everybody's bacon or, you know, start at the 25. Hey, Caleb Williams, you know, instead of like having a clean pocket, why don't you just have to avoid uh, these, you know, rushers every single time you're dropping back to pass? And it's like those are—it's like unnecessary challenges you're putting in front of your very special quarterback. So I'm, I'm a little concerned with the offensive line. And some people are saying if they would have run the ball more, then you could have taken some of the pressure off Caleb Williams. They weren't as effective running the ball, and and you know, I I kind of see why you weren't doing as much. I mean, yeah, maybe if you're stuck to it more. I feel like though when Lincoln Riley's calling plays like they're really trying to pick up they're trying to score on every drive, mm-hmm. you know. It's not like, well we'll run this series and even if we don't get the first down, we we wanted to run the ball to keep the defense honest. Like, I don't think that's in his brain. It's not like we're going to do this to keep things right. We're going to like they what do we need to do to, to get a first down? Well, we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball, you know. So I feel like they're he's kind of keeping that in his mind. He's always trying to score. Like the opposite of Iowa, where they're like setting up for like punt position. Like he's trying to score like every time. So let's be your- balanced for the sake of balance. Right. Even though it yields
2: three runs and a punt or mm. three runs and a incomplete pass and a punt. Yeah. Do what you gotta do to score. Yeah. That's the name of the game. I score love it. Points. Uh yeah, that felt better than just rehashing. Maybe some old stuff we've talked about. So maybe I'll try, even though it'll make more work for me. And maybe I'll just do them on the spot every week. But I'll try to give you like five take it or leave it. Did you make those up just right now?
1: Yeah. Nice. I love it. Um,
2: Yeah. So if you got one in the comments, also throw those in and we'll do them later. We can do those later. Take it or
1: leave it. Michael says CT is excellent. Oh, yeah, Michael. Haters are stupid. Haters Um, are stupid. People, so one thing you have to realize that we all have haters like if we're going to put ourselves out here and kudos to Chris who was more of a "Hey, i I'm writing stories behind the scenes guy to now he's like on every freaking show that we do every video didn't want to be on video didn't want, and does all those things but all the time every time we do this you're going to open yourself up to criticism and we just have to have thicker skin like that's fine like everyone can have their opinion. They can say you suck. You say like too much. Your your opinions are terrible. Whatever it is, you can say all those things, um, you know. And you take the feedback, and some of it you you know maybe try to incorporate in what you do, and some of it you just like yeah, you just you know kind of not really uh, give it much credence. But that's you know we we put ourselves out there, so we we know what we're doing. That so we can we can take it. Chris can take it too. I'm trying to cut
2: back on the word obviously. I feel like I say obviously too much, so I'm trying to cut back. That's one of my crutch words. I'm trying Which to... Which word? Kept, obviously. You said it three times, dude.
1: Obviously. <laughs> we got we get a bunch of, uh, yeah, likes, butts, arms. I mean, this is more of a conversational thing. But, so, but we can always work on the way we speak, the, the how we communicate to all of you. But we can't... We're not going to sanitize it to the point where this was like written... And then edited, and those are the words we are going to say, because this is not what we do. This is more of a... Watch the news. Yeah. <laughs> if you want us reading from a teleprompter, because we certainly don't do that. Oh, I would suck at that. Oh, my God. I'd uh, be like, slow it down. <laughs> slow it down. All right. Let's get to uh, some of the topics that we heard today. So we yeah. heard we were at practice this morning. Um, Lincoln Riley spoke, uh, a bunch of players uh, also we're talking and a lot of the focus on the offensive line, uh, from Lincoln Riley. We, you know, we talked about special teams. That was the first question. I asked Lincoln Riley that very first question of the scrum. So we kind of talked about that a little bit, but the offensive line, there was some newsy stuff there, Chris, with Justin Dietrich, with Cortland Ford, Bobby Haskins, the depth over there. So just kind of get your thoughts on USC's offensive line and what Lincoln Riley and the other players had to say.
2: Right, and we've hit on this with Justin Dietich did not play against Arizona State. He did not start. Gino Kenyona stepped up for him at that right guard spot. Said after that he's going through something and we he came out still dressed, but he had that leg wrapped up with that weird looking band thing. Still not really sure what it's for, if it's like upper upper leg or it's the Achilles or or what what it goes for, but he came out with that and sat out. And he was asked about Justin Dietrich and his progress, his uh, prognosis for this upcoming week. And I don't know about you, Ryan, but I felt like Lincoln really didn't know what to say or he didn't want to say too much when asked about it. He kind of, not taken aback, but he was kind of like, I don't, I really don't want to tell you what is actually going on. It's
1: like a a little dance, right? Because he's asked us or they've asked us not to uh, report on injuries, but we can ask questions about them. And then sometimes... There's a weird spot because you're like, hey, Justin Diedrich has a you know big wrap on his lower leg. Like, what is you know, uh, what is not think like about a backup it? tight end or something? It's your starting right, right guard at a important position. I mean, he told us like Cortland Ford a couple of weeks ago was like hundred percent ready to go and he didn't play, you know? So like, it's not like we're always getting the correct information, but yeah, I felt like he didn't know exactly what to like, say with Tita. She was like,
2: uh, but he said, we're, you know, it was good that we sat him kind of what he said earlier in the week, but get him close to hundred percent. That, that was key for them with, you know, big road games coming up, uh, AKA Utah. And he said, we're going to keep evaluating him. And I didn't really get, I didn't feel like, we got anything really from that it was just we're going to keep evaluating him i would deem him questionable for this week i would not be shocked this weekend excuse me i would not be shocked if he sat out another one they gave gino another start and you know kind of rolled the dice a little bit let let ditic heal up for that big utah game i think gino could handle it you know washington state's defense is pretty stingy it's been it's been good uh, as long as you're not the Ducks or whatever. But they do, you know, they're second in the the nation, I believe, in tackles for a loss. They're right up there with USC, which I believe is top 10 as well. So they get in the backfield. So mightily important that you protect up front, especially on those run plays. Don't want to get Caleb Williams pressured. They're, they're also a top sack team. So that'd be a big test for Gino. But, you know, it's a gamble. I think they could get get away with it in resting Diedic. But no real concrete update on him you know not like what when he said about four like he's 100 percent practicing yeah yeah nothing like that on on, on dd but i would deem him questionable just based on you know lincoln's not wanting to say anything yeah and just i think they could get away with it not playing him again getting him closer to 100 for utah
1: yeah no i agree with you there um just you know we're when he's talking, you you kind of have to like read between the lines a little bit because he's not going to give you, uh, you know, if he does, he don't want to tell everyone, hey, Justin Dietrich is going to play or he's not going to play. So it kind of keeps it, um, you know, he's just a little ambiguous of what was going on with uh, Justin Dietrich. But that's okay. And we got to take it or leave it. Oh, in the comments, let's go, Anthony. Take uh- it or leave it. Take a thirty-five yard field goal or leave it for a fourth down conversion try. Riley likes his fourth down tries, but Lynch has been good. I mean, I guess... There's
2: the, no further context of that? Is yeah, it, you need it, to know, like,
1: is it fourth and one? You go for it, you know? If it's fourth and 14... I was thinking, like, are they the down? Are they
2: up 21? That's is it the first too. quarter? I feel like the first quarter, yeah. And it's like fourth and one. They've been moving. Yeah, I'm going for it.
1: I think any fourth and shorts, like, it seems like that's almost anywhere in the field. Fourth and, you know... One or two, like people are just. It's analytics say like your your expected value of going for it is better than kicking the field goal. Um, If I'm closer to the fifty, and let's say it's
2: fourth quarter, I need points. Well, I guess they said thirty five, so it's not that close to fifty. But yeah, I think I'm field goal. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that gives a little more context, but I think I would be airy on the side of going for it. Yeah. Just because. I would do that in Madden or NCAA football. That's what I would do. I feel like a lot of people would do that. Just go for
1: it. But everyone just goes for it because you have no consequences, right? Just you reset <laughs> right. the game. But right. Uh, but it it does show. I mean, if you follow the math, it's just like going for it is. You have a higher expect if just you know your higher expected value. Some people say that's like a riskier play, but if you talk to like the analytics people, they say actually that's not it's not the, you know, it's not the safe play like. The riskier play is to punt because, or whatever, to kick because you're actually, in the long term, if you run the simulation a million times, like you would do better just going for it every time. It's only going to, you only get one result, right? So if you don't get it and then the other team scores, like, oh, see, Um, but if you play the game a hundred times, like they're saying that going for it on that fourth and two is better than. Kicking the field goal, the more opportunity, you know, more times than you, know, you would win the game where you go for it on fourth and two than if you didn't. So that,
2: there's that analytical engineering brain of yours.
1: I, you know, I should know more about the advanced stats, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I get into a little, but everyone I've talked to that's tried to, like, we've had to do stuff for the site. I think you're either like an advanced stats person, you just assume everybody knows. It's like being, uh, like, a lot of the soccer fans are just like, you expect everyone to know exactly what's going on, even though most people don't. Um, no offense to any soccer fans here, Chris, but yes, the people just kind of start explaining things. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. What is that? And they have a real hard time just kind of—I don't want to say dumbing it down, but you know, giving the basics so people can kind of get up to speed. Uh, it seems like that's always been a problem with the advanced stats stuff. That's so. me on most topics. What are you talking about? Nice. Uh, okay. Also from Lincoln Riley, there are some connections uh, with Washington State. Sure. And. Uh, as far as, like, you know, Clay McGuire is someone that... Um, Former USC offensive line coach. Yeah, so he's up there. And the fact that he was on the same staff uh, with Lincoln Riley before, I mean, there's that that connection uh, between the two. But also Eric Morris, who played for Lincoln Riley when they were at Texas Tech, became the head coach at Incarnate Word. That's where Cameron... Uh, Ward? Cameron Ward, Incarnate Word and Cameron Ward... Uh, came over uh, the quarterback for Washington yeah. state and the head coach is now the offensive coordinator, but he played for Lincoln Riley. So there's a bunch of connections there between Riley and uh, the USC program and uh, Washington state staff.
2: And obviously, you know, Alex Rinch also coached at Washington state. He was DC there, but uh, Lincoln Riley did comment, you know, on Morris and how he was a fun player to coach really intelligent, really underrated coming out of high school, and you could tell that he would eventually be a coach because he has that coaching uh, blood, that coaching uh, lineage in his family tree, so it just made sense for him to eventually go into coaching, and he's a young up-and-comer in the FBS ranks as an OC and a quarterbacks coach, so I'm sure there'll be a nice uh, catching up at the pregame uh Meetings between these two coaches. Actually, I've never... feel like I've never... I've been on the field. I feel like I haven't seen Lincoln Riley chat with any other coach at midfield. Uh, maybe this will be different just because he he actually has a connection yeah. with you know, Eric Morris. I don't feel like... I feel like he comes out later and he doesn't like chit-chat, yeah. shoot the breeze with any other coach on the opposite sideline. He's You're not, down you know, there on
1: the field, so you would have seen it, but you just haven't seen There have been times him. where
2: I've been like, where's Lincoln Riley? So... Maybe this one will be a little different just because obviously he knows. Yeah. I said obviously, but he knows Eric Morris. And then Clay McGuire is a guy who, you know, we thought maybe we we'll have a chance to stay on the staff just because they know each other. But Lincoln did lean on Clay McGuire to get some insight about the roster that he was inheriting, you know, and he also said like just living in LA in general. They got two Texas guys just talking about it. So that was valuable insight. And you can get that stuff from other coaches that you inherit when you take over a program, but do you necessarily trust that because you don't know them? But Lincoln Riley said, you know, when you've been in the trenches with someone like he has been with Clay McGuire, you inherently trust them a lot more. So that was something he, he kind of talked about with Clay McGuire. And, you know, I think Clay McGuire did a lot of good when he was here for those brief years, the way he was able to. One year, right? I thought it was two years. Maybe, I'm, it two? maybe I'm mistaken. I thought it was. wasn't here in 2020. We talk about this all the time. We like, do, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was here for 2020. Okay, and then he was here in 2021. But you can check that. I will check it right you now. You can yeah. check it. But if I'm wrong, oh my goodness, I'm never going to hear the end
1: of it. No, he was named at January 2020. Yeah, Let's okay. Go. Let's go. Two anyway, years, yeah.
2: Two years. So he did a lot of good, I think, in those two years, kind of taking a unstable offensive line that was hodgepodge with a offensive coach that wasn't. Air raid friendly, and became, brought in Clay McGuire, air, air raid friendly offensive line coach. Worked really well in work, year one. You saw the development. Year year two, really saw a lot more growth. They were one of the better units. Even though I guess the national storyline coming to this offseason was USC's offensive line was not good last year, which is false. Which was, yeah, that was false. They had some talent. They had some players, and they they performed well. And I think he did, did a lot of good, and I think a lot of those players are going to be happy to see uh, a lot of those former guys who played under Clay McGuire, Clay McGuire, Clay McGuire, are
1: going to be happy to see him on uh, on Saturday. No, I agree with you uh, there. So we'll watch. I mean, there's real connections uh, going on, and you know when Riley was talking about just picking McGuire's brain, um, you know, a lot of times the outgoing coaches will try to like prop up their guys and. And Riley said as much like, you know, you don't really listen to, you know, you don't know people have agendas. You don't know what they're going to say. But he trusted everything that McGuire said and said it was his help was uh, very valuable to him. So um, that's pretty cool. I have a stat for you, Chris. Do you know this one? Let's hear it. Do you know how well USC did on third down conversions uh, Saturday? Saturday? Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head?
2: Not off the top of my head. I haven't done stat pack yet. Nice. Well, this is this could
1: be a stat pack one. Uh, Eight of eight of nine. That's pretty good. Eighty-eight point eight percent. And according, I get these little stats from the like my buddy at the Pac-12. Like you know, send me some stuff. Sometimes you got the Pac-12 stats. I get some Pac-12. I heard
2: heard those are uh, those are pretty good. I could
1: give them to you. I should like for your stat pack thing. I could do that. It is the the best single game third down conversion percentage by a Pac-12 team on record. So whoa, the best. Ever. Ever. On record. Yeah. Maybe
2: in the 1930s, some team was like 9 of 9, but on record.
1: And I don't know if they're just saying Pac-12, meaning, you know, since whatever, 2009 or whatever it was yeah. when the conference expanded. True. Uh Maybe it's that. Maybe they're not talking Pac-10. But but still, impressive. Converting almost 90% of your third downs. Pretty, pretty impressive. I actually have game notes right here. You have game notes? Yeah, I still have the game notes. I wanted
2: to see what... Uh, this is riveting TV. Uh, what uh, <laughs> Where's third downs? Uh, uh, ASU, 7 of 13. That's so almost 50%. Here's the thing. Yep. One of my predictions was that ASU was going to be less than 30% because they came into this game as one of the worst teams, not in the Pac-12, in the nation in mm. third down at 28%. And that's how kind of ineffective the defense was in the first half where they eventually allowed them to convert on 50% nearly 50% clip of their uh, third down. So yeah, that was a team that struggled mightily on third downs, but and
1: they did pretty good. And they did pretty good. Yeah. Uh most of that was in the first half. Right right. right, 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 right. Uh very different. I think all the sacks came second half and all of that. So USC looked like a different team defensively. They just were taking it to them. It they felt like you were sitting back on your heels and sort of letting plays come to you, and they were just running at the edges and tearing USC up. And and then they brought some more guys into the box and just sort of like attacked and just neutralized whatever Arizona State was doing. So um, I didn't, I, I had a lot of confidence that they were going to play a lot better in the second half. It ended up being right. So uh, let's see. We'll do. Oh, we got this. I want to put this question up real quick. Okay. Um, actually, we'll because uh, it's uh, a topic, and then we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back with a bunch of questions. But this was one that's been recurring. Okay. Uh, Armand says, um, asking again, is USC more likely to go twelve and zero or ten and two? More likely. So we've had, he's asked this like. You know, the beginning of the season, and I think maybe after so he just, like he just two wants or three to games, check in every week, it's a little like, yeah, like a wellness check on where you are, where you're at. I would still say 10 and 2. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I think I think we they asked before, he asked before, uh, the Oregon State game winning that one. It does push things a little bit more, but because of the concern with the offense just isn't lights out anymore, it you know, maybe it gets back to that. If you want you beat Oregon State but you only scored 17 points like that's a concern. So that's hard for me to like push towards the 12 and 0 mark. So I'm still you know I'm still kind of circling around the 10 and 2. If USC's defense had
2: played against Arizona State as they did against Oregon State, I'd be more likely to pick 12 and 0. That's Just another because odds, that's you know. two back-to-back performances. You got Utah, if you play with that kind of intensity and you know uh, effectiveness against Utah, well, you know, they can go in there and win that game. So, yeah. that's still the big question. I think Utah is still going to be the favorite in that one. But if USC's defense had kept playing like that, I think it would have made it a little bit a little bit more interesting in terms of who the favorite was going to that game. But, you know, that, that defense proves that they like playing on the road. So, we'll see what that performance looks like. But, they had come out with that sort of performance against Arizona State. I'd be more likely to pick the 12-0, but I'm still leaning towards 10-2. Yeah.
1: No, I'm the same way. Um, and we'll see where they sort of go from here. You know, you covered the spread the first three games. You didn't cover the spread the last two. So that's kind of just more of, like, concern. If you, like, were 5-0 and against the spread, so you beat everyone by what you were supposed to and more, I think it would be more likely to... Uh, but they almost—they were right there. They were close,
2: but you know your bookie's not going to accept that. They don't. Uh, they, it he's was like, close. It was man. Hey, 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 hey. Did you, you see, see that, that foul? If Damani Jackson catches that, he's like, all right, take him in the back.
1: Very crazy. Take him in why, the back. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and get to questions back in a minute. All right, we're back here
0: on the Parastyle Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Wasn't much a break at all,
1: but we do this for our podcast feed, which that's the main thing we're doing here, but we love doing this, uh, the YouTube stuff, doing it live. Thanks for all the people coming out and watching us live, putting in all your questions and comments uh in the chat box over on youtube make sure you check out our youtube channel if you're not subscribed uh youtube.com slash inside troy are you a member of the site if you're not a member i am you i i am as well um you got to get in there you got to join uh if you want to do an annual membership 30 percent off right now so a lot cheaper and if you want to just try it out for a dollar you can get one month of access i would say just go read the war rooms Go read Chris's ghost notes. That alone, you're gonna be like, this is well, well. That's what worth that guy said. Subscription. That's what that guy said. For sure. Check it out. Um, Chris, I do not even know this. I'm gonna be uh so I sent one of your articles, one of your ghost notes articles, into uh, a sports business class at USC because I'm gonna be a guest speaker along with our former colleague Keely Yor, in this uh in this one. I think it's a sports business or introduction to sports. No, not which class, which notes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But one of those classes, Jeff Ellinger, you know, he has been around for a while. Uh, the latest ghost note, the one from the uh, Arizona State game. So, Oh, my God. I have to go back and read and make sure everything's. It's already sent. T- t- so hopefully it's tight. Okay. It's very
2: tight. Wait, like you sent the link?
1: I sent the link. Okay, yeah.
2: so I can still update it.
1: You can. Classes
2: tonight. Oh, no, that's right. I have to do that. I You're just, just want to make sure it's. I don't want to in the. I don't if want. If there's a to, big typo up on the screen, what yeah. I, I'm like oh, yeah. Chris. I gotta go. I gotta go back in. You're gonna be like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: good stuff here. So um, well,
2: I'm embarrassed now. I don't. You shouldn't have told me that. I now I'm gonna be like,
1: what are they saying about my? Notes? You're required reading in a USC classroom tonight. So cool. I don't know about cool, required, cool. but it's recommended cool. reading. But they don't have. I think he's going to put the, send the, like, just the, like, I said it's okay, you know, copy the text and send it to the, the class or whatever. Uh, but just some of the, the stuff that you guys put up. Chris does a great job with the observations. Um, just from what we were talking about today, uh, if you're, we don't get to watch that much of practice. And uh, you li- read Chris's notes and you'd think he'd been watching a lot more. So check it out. If you're not a member, that's something you should do. The practice ones are
2: a little more uh, defanged.
1: Yeah. well, So you I can't go really, all out with. Game day. The game you can because like it's on TV, it's right? Like everything
2: but, is for grab.
1: Everything's on the table because it's on TV. But you are actually there. You're getting all the stuff on the sideline, which is great. Um, okay. Before we get into questions, yes. you said I could talk about. I could bring something up. Of course, the towel guys. Oh, okay. You want to talk about the towel guys? So
2: there's people live listening. Yep. I want. I guess if you have an opinion on the towel guys, and if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about it's the staffers on the sideline i believe they're mainly just strength and conditioning coaches who you know go crazy with the towels i got oh a you got a little towel nice yeah, yeah. as a representation of then they be big- a little more.
1: there's an aggression to the towels there's, there's a, like there's a, there's it's a, like you're you're showing the towel the sidelines look we are waving towels like this is at you this isn't in the you know this isn't the terrible towels of the steelers are, like this is like Coming so at weapons. you towels, yeah. Weapons.
2: Mm-hmm. It's in your face towels. Yes. And so you're you're obviously watching live, and you can comment. I want to know what do you think of the towel guys because I noticed on this week there was a discourse about them, and I don't know if it's just the Twitter sphere or I didn't really see it on the Peristyle. Maybe it's on YouTube. I don't know, but it just seemed like there was a discourse about how. People didn't like them, and mm. I didn't really understand it because, like, why not? And I don't know where you fall, Ryan. I feel like I have a feeling of where you fall on this. But, uh, yeah, do you have an opinion on the towel guys, and, or do you have a, an answer as to why people are so upset about them?
1: So I put um, Graham's comment up. He says towel guys need to go. But Jared said, uh, need that energy all the time. And then Jason says, way too many towel guys. And what is their official position?
2: The strength and conditioning uh, coaches.
1: Yeah. And like what
2: they have no role on game days, right? I don't
1: they're know not, what they're are not lifting
2: yeah. weights on George, the sideline. You got to sa- get that energy out.
1: Yeah. George says, I like the towel guys because they jack up the players. Um, Amon says, or Amon says, if it happens in practice, then towel guys are cool. To keep happening in games, so he's. I wouldn't I, know. I don't think we do. Yeah, we can't really know. watch practice and stuff, but, um, yeah. So, and this is a, this may be the best one. Ito says, as long as we're winning, who cares if we got obnoxious towel guys? That would be a terrible look. Um, well, if you remember, if you like, yeah, like if you were losing and you had the towel guys going on.
2: If you remember last season. And I wrote about this multiple times in my ghost notes from last season that Dante, during his interim stint, attempted to get this going. Get towel guys before towel guys this year were going. And they were referred to as the juice squad. I said okay. juice squad. And, and they would hand out towels. And then, like, during practice, the guys who were on the sideline, like, mainly specialists, were, like, would wave flags during, like, team periods. Yeah. And it was mainly... That was weird. And it was very... (laughs) It felt... I'm not like... I don't want... I'm not like I'm clowning on Dante because that was obviously a very tough task. And during a losing streak... He was doing what he could. Doing what he he could to sort of change things up. But it was very... It it felt forced and it just did not really catch on. I, I have these images of Ben Griffiths all alone in practice. Just waving. Just the one sad juice squad guy just doing this. But this obviously feels, obviously, damn it. This feels more. <laughs> obviously.
1: This feels more natural. Yeah. Organic. Steven says, uh, I wish they had longer towels. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a really good comment. Uh, we got a lot of good comments. I've tried to put up a whole bunch. Like of, you want them to have beach towels? Yeah, like full they, on you know, beach towels? Um. But a lot, you know, people are like, you know, it's all over the place. They're very polarizing. Uh, there again. are, I mean, just my gut is like, it's a little much for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You're, a,
2: you're a anti towel. I'm, I'm not like,
1: you're anti towel. As a Pittsburgh fan, wow. As okay. a Steeler fan. But I'm like, I'm saying, wow. that's not that egregious. It's more of like a towel. Like, if it was like towels, it's more like, towels like it's but, like but you know what is, well what does this
2: do this doesn't do i anything. don't know you're, but if, i feel like but if the like, guys are like you're
1: getting it it's like you made this great catch and they're like you take that turf we caught a ball on top of you know it's like something like you're i don't know it's just something you can't be hyped doing
2: this yeah you know it's like it's like a little like kids can do this like
1: grown men like i bet you the team towel. if you ask the players like like off the record you asked everybody? Off the record. I bet you would be like similar to our comments. There would be. Oh, you think we it'd like be it? split. And they'd be like, okay, it's annoying. Like, I just caught this ball and this guy's like waving a towel in my face. Like, get the hell out of here, dude. Like, I could see people saying that too. Okay. That would be my guess.
0: I Maybe mean, we have I to do an
1: official poll. With some of the like a, uh, the anonymous poll. Like we're like, look, we're not going to say anything. We're not going to put this in the war room. Do you like the towel, guys? I bet you'd get some yeses and I bet you'd get some noes.
2: Okay, so I'm pro towel. You are anti towel. This is interesting. <laughs> Whose side? This is like uh, Captain America: Civil War. We have our sides, and yeah, and then the one guy who wants beach towels. So
1: Mark says, um, "And this is these were the terrible towels we had as Steeler fans. Pittsburgh towels are always yellow. We need cardinal and gold towels. That's true. They're also they're 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 kind of like the hand towels you get at the Holiday Inn, and they're white. They're not like." Cardinal and gold and, like, at least the bath mat size. Like, you don't need the, the full-on, like, you know, the, the bath mat towels. A little bit Yeah, bigger. I know what I'm <laughs> at. I'm just saying you just pulled <laughs> that out.
2: This does bring me back to a thing I observed at Oregon State, and I didn't make my ghost notes that from game day because I did not understand what I was watching, but Cooper Lovelace was going up and down the sidelines looking for towels, and I could not figure out why.
1: He wanted to be a towel guy.
2: But I also don't know if that if that was because they were looking for something to block the back of oh the, maybe if, you, if anyone who read my ghost notes from that day knows that at in the second half they were holding up Cooper Lovelace and Joe Bryson were holding like a giant mat to block Henson's O line coach because yeah. right over the shoulder twenty feet away or whatever Oregon State coaches because they were so close to the field so oh. so I don't know if they were looking for towels for towel guys or was just looking for a big ass towel to cover up uh, the huddle nice. I don't know. So the debate about twelve so guys will go will continue in the future, uh, but this is the first uh, open discussion
1: about it. We've had yeah, this is the first time we've talked about it. It's, it's a popular topic, so we might as well uh, address it.
2: But give me some questions.
1: Let's get some questions. And I don't, I didn't write down where this one came from. It was an email. Cool. Um, cool. Why are the Pac-12 refs so brutal? Do they get graded? And Lincoln Riley was actually asked about some of the PI calls. Um, but yeah, Pac-12 refs get graded. Um, we don't usually hear much. I mean, the biggest issue I had was Caleb Williams got squared in the face with a water bottle, and there was no flag. It was like right in front of a ref, and we still haven't heard from the, the Pac-12. hasn't said anything about it. Like that could be like assault or something. Do they, you know? do, they like, do?
2: Do they make announcements on things like? If that? it's
1: something egregious, I don't think this was. I mean, if he like punched him, right? But. I mean, if you spit on someone, that's like assault, right? Like, this literally was squirting water in his face. Like, that's not that's an aggressive act. Someone did that at Georgia. Didn't George Pickens do that?
2: Someone went on the sideline and he squirted water while he was down. I think that happened. Uh, I don't think think, think he got flagged for that. This
1: should have been a flag, though, for sure. Um, And this was a guy that's been chippy all night. But, yeah, I haven't heard anything from the Pac-12 on it. They do get graded. Riley was talking about, you know, he thought some of the, you know, PI calls were... Legit. And the other ones, you know, he said like they could go either way. And he had mentioned the one that was on Jordan Addison looked like a great defensive play and they call PI. You know, that saved USC. That was one of those um, third down conversions, I believe. Right. Uh, but that, you know, Arizona State's, you know, last scoring drive, two highly, highly questionable PI calls that just look like great defensive plays. And, you know, Riley was pretty honest, like, you know, just sometimes that happens and you just try to make plays. And he, well, the thing he said was, We wouldn't tell either of those DBs to do anything different. Like That's what you want them to do. So that's sort of like a roundabout way of saying that was a terrible call. Uh, But he admitted there was terrible calls on the other side too.
2: I I want them to get graded like PFF grades.
1: That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, they don't get that. Uh, No, the Pac-12 refs are just known for being – it's not bias. It's more incompetence. There you go. I haven't seen a lot of bias. It could potentially be there, but it's really just been incompetence on both sides. Let's go to a voicemail.
0: Hi, this question is for um, Ryan and Chris. Um, are, USC, are USC fans the worst? <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand. You know, just complaining all the time about this defense. Who is playing above their talent level? Complaining about this defensive line which is playing well above its talent level. Um, they're fast, they're quick, they get off the stuff they put effort in. You know, this, this team is averaging, uh, or this defense is giving up less than 20 points a game, which is way better than anyone thought they were going to do. They're one of the leaders in the nation in both sacks and turnovers and red zone efficiency. I don't, I don't understand what people thought that this team was going to be. This defense is good enough to win you double-digit wins. You know, if things break the right way, this team could run the table and make the playoffs this year. Um, I don't, I don't understand what people thought was going to happen with this team, what expectations were. But this defense is great. This defensive line is great. You got to love your effort. And any, and I just don't get it. I, just, I don't know if USC fans deserve Clay in the way they're talking. Probably should hire him back. Jeez,
1: Eddie's from Orange to hire Clay Helton back. Wow, that's um, yeah. He just triggered a bunch. of He people. might have had a lot of fans until he said that. Like people were like, <laughs> "Yeah, I agree."
2: The defense has been pretty good. That's all they heard. They heard one fan say oh. they should hire. Out of context. Percent.
1: He could have said, "Here's the cure for cancer." Write it down, write it down. USC deserves to hire get Clay Helton back. They would have just like discounted everything he said before. I don't care about your cure for cancer.
2: I agree with everything he kind of said. That USC, we knew, had a sort of talent issue on... You know, they they brought talent in. Air Gentry, Kai Blackman, uh, Shane Lee, Tuli uh, Tupiloto. They have talent, but it's not the head-to-toe stacked roster that you need defensively for, you know, competing at that real national level. And they're playing... They're punching above their weight class and they're playing, like you said, they're playing fast. They're being aggressive. They have an edge at times. They're taking the ball away. They are allowing less than 20 points per game, which just go back and watch a game from last year. Yeah, They would give up 20 points in the first half alone and they could not stop anyone. This team can actually make stops, Yeah, whether that's with a big third down at times or just pick the ball off. You know, those are the things that they're doing. So, I agree with everything he said that this is a team that this is a defense that can win you double digit, uh, get you double digit wins. They're doing enough to get to that point with the offense that they have. And, yeah, I think they're doing a good job based on everything that, you know, they have in terms of, you know, they don't really have that defensive line depth. they don't really have that big other guy to help Thule on the front. They lost their starting edge rusher for the season in Romello Height. They've gone through some things, but they're still hanging in there. They're taking punches, and that's like the number one thing. If you ha- at least have a tough defense that plays with a little bit of an edge, you can win games yeah, and not roll over. And we saw that at Oregon State. We saw that in the second half of Arizona State. This team has the uh, – this defense has the mentality to – has a, like an FU mentality. They got the eye of the tiger. They got the eye of the tiger for, you know, the – 70s reference or whatever
1: it's not a 70s reference 80s 80s yeah okay okay i overshot it Um, sorry you did by a lot (laughs) uh yeah i feel like people are moving the goalposts if you want to use a football analogy i know it's not food but it's football yeah like if you would have said okay alex richard's gonna come in and your defense last year was one of the worst in usc history right like literally one of the worst in history as far as points per drive all that stuff like any analytic you want to look at USC was bad They're in the hundreds, you know, Um, well outside what the power of the other 64, whatever, power five teams or whatever it is. USC was in the hundreds, all that stuff. You're talking like 20 points a game. Like, don't even look at the turnovers. Just say, if you got it down to 20 points a game from in the 30s, like that's a huge improvement. And then you're going to have a competent offense. People would have said like, yeah, I'll take it. But for somehow people are upset. Like this is the way things are going to go. You know, they've given up – it's been bend but don't break. They've given up more yardage than you would like, but they, they've they stopped when it comes to the points. The points are what matters. When you would talk about Graham Harrell's teams that would get all the, you know, the empty calories and get all these yards and not score enough points. Like, that's what teams – USC's doing to these teams. And I, you could argue that eventually that's going to break and you're not going to be able to continue that. Yeah, sure, there's going to be a game where they give up a bunch, bunch of points. It hasn't happened yet, but there'll be one. And that's fine. Like, this is college football. Like, it's not going to be perfect every week. But they've shown they have the wherewithal. They, they, they're they doing the right things as far as trying to force turnovers, trying to force big negative plays. And it doesn't work for a half. And then the second half, they turn it on. And you get, what, seven tackles for loss. Or maybe six in the second half. Um, you, know, you get that interception. You know, they have 15 turnovers on the season through five games. Like, you're averaging three turnovers a game. Pretty darn good, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's the people that are just complaining about the defense are like they're not going to win a national championship. Like, did you expect them to be like Georgia or Alabama in year one? Like, I didn't. They're doing pretty good, you know? This is a you know a whole new roster. The fact that they've come out 5-0 and when you easily could have taken, you know, a few weeks to just kind of gel. They're already gelled. They're already, already playing together. They've had bad moments on defense, but they've had a lot of good moments, too. They've made a lot of big plays. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't get all the criticism. It's not a perfect defense. It's a flawed team, but they're doing pretty good. We talked about how we weren't really sure what
2: to, that we were going to get out of this defense and see out of this defense. That was the thing that was like... We feel like the defense will be the make or break for this team being maybe an 8-win team to maybe an 11-win team. The defense was the difference. And yes. I will say they have played better than the expectations I set for them, especially you know, as a turnover team, getting in the backfield, all those kinds of things. Still have issues, and I still think they're going to break in a bad way at some point. There's going to be some game where something's going to go happen. Is that up in Utah? I don't know. We're going to see. But I still think this team is performing well above you know their talent level at times and they're punching above their weight class but hey at least they're punching ryan
1: yeah they're punching out um jesus says what's the deal with the defense i like the halftime adjustments i just genuine genuinely don't understand how each of the five games we started with the wrong plans slash scheme uh is it that each team is throwing something there we didn't prepare for or bad performances thanks from Jesus. I don't know the bad scheme with the Oregon State game or anything. Yeah, that's thing. what I was thinking. I was like, I mean,
2: they shut him down.
1: Yeah. And again, I just feel one of those things where. Came out flat in some of those. Yeah.
2: And you're you not going to. It's called football. You're not going to scheme a perfect def, uh, defense every time. So you got to like
1: temper the expectations a little bit. just Because you went from a horrible, horrible, horrible defense last year. Just absolutely awful. No and, defense is perfect out of the game now they're pretty good you know they're decent they're doing a pretty good job yeah so Missouri was beating georgia (laughs) yeah and someone made a comment about like the georgia thing so
2: number one defense in the country
1: here's a sc dad um the defense needs more pick sixes okay i mean you had three in one game like that was a record he's saying they're like they yeah. haven't done one since. What have they done since, Ryan? Caleb Bullock almost had almost one. He got tackled by the quarterback. quarterback. He was not happy about that. Um, that was this is very similar to what I think it was after the second game. Someone wrote to Shotgun or some said something that like, yeah, but they need to, they need to get more. Like they need to get the backfield. They need more tackles for loss. And then Shotgun was like, well, they've had twenty, and that was that leads to the Pac-12. Like they had the most in the Pac-12. And just sometimes people just want, like, they have something in their mind they want to complain about, and they don't realize the numbers don't back up what they're saying. Like, the, all the negative plays that USC's forcing. I think that's what you want, you know? Especially with a high-powered offense. You, you know, it doesn't have to be a turnover. It can be a sack. It doesn't have to be a pick six. I mean, what they have? Four, is it, like, 14 interceptions this year? Like, 12. 12 interceptions? Like, insane. That's at a lot of interceptions through five games. So... Yeah, they only returned three of them for touchdowns. Like that's that's two seasons worth. <laughs> they did that in one game. Right. I yeah, I'm not sure. A lot of people want to complain about stuff. Uh, let's go to Ray in Pasadena. Guess what he wants to talk about, Chris? Defense. Uh, not a good showing for the defense against a one and three team. Actually, the defense is pretty, and he says uh, crappy in a different words. Nothing to be excited about. Crappy coaching. Crappy effort. I mean, you can't say crappy effort. They they play with, like, if, it's a whole effort defense, man. Who is the next head coach? So it can't even be real, right? Uh, He's completely trailed. He doesn't seem to have any control either. Young coach, he needs to be a pal. We should be dominating Arizona State. And that's not, Ray and Pasadena. I'm not,
2: I'm not doing this.
1: Yeah, I don't think, like, this can't be real, but I think Ray and Pasadena is a real dude. Is that an email? It was an email.
2: Oh. I'm, not even I'm really, I might have to email
1: him back. I'm
2: not dignifying that with anything.
1: Um... Tracy of Troy, she goes, hashtag uh gentrified. So it's each time Eric Gentry gets Gentry. causes chaos. So Gen G E N Troy fied. So you're you're gentrified, gentrified if you if he causes chaos, gentrified. meaning like he tips a pass that gets intercepted. Trademark it. fight on. Uh and then she said this was before the ASU game, Endanger Danger the Sun Devils, but yes, they they've already lost. So um, nice do you like the hashtag
2: maybe I should maybe I should try it
1: see what it does see what happens
2: see what it does I feel like I'm going to get a bunch of people be like you're being woke because mm. gentrified right I feel like that's right yeah I think I even if I spell it that way I feel like I'm still going to get a bunch of <laughs> uh like I'm going to have like two retweets 50 likes and like, 30
1: People like, look at this USC reporter. You're gonna get uh ratio. And I was
2: like, it's Tracy's
1: idea. I was just trying it out. Nice. I'm sticking with the unicorn. Now you're now you're misogynistic. Now you're, you know, because you, yeah. Uh okay. Well, thanks for that one. Jeff and Whittier says, Do you think Lick and Riley has gone too far in telling Caleb Williams not to run? past two games, there have been uh very few disingenuous runs. And every time he does run, his eyes go right to the sideline. Even one of the RPO plays. He has handed the ball off in traffic when it looked like uh he had a lot of room in front of him. Are they really that worried about him getting hurt? I, I think they
2: don't want to get your Heisman winner, your Heisman candidate hurt.
1: True, but he runs like he against Oregon State, like that's the only offense they had, pretty much. Like he would take off and run and keep things plays going. Um in the Arizona State game, I think he had fifty we had Forty four yards? Forty four yards, but there was it was 52 and then they had a sack that took away eight yards. But when he took off and ran, 52 yards of rushing. Um, which probably the most, when he had 68 yards in the, the rice game, those are the most we've seen on record. And I don't know. I mean, we went back decades. 52 is probably decades. up there too. Decades. To the uh, like Rodney Pete never ran for that many yards. Uh if you remember like the Reggie Perry years where he wasn't the greatest thrower, I mean, but he could run. He was more of an athlete that they had to put in the quarterback spot. He never had that many yards rushing. Um, yeah, you're going back like maybe Pat Hayden did. I don't know, like, but a long time ago. Um, if if someone did it. So 52 years a lot. I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be that concerned. I think they, they're kind of picking their spots. But LA Transplant them. says, why is Caleb? Uh oh, so this was, I think he sent this. Uh, like a direct message to me on the peristyle. Okay. Why is Caleb always uh, looking for the sidelines when scrambling instead of uh, sliding feet first to give himself up? It only increases his chances of getting hit. And what are your, what's your take on Caleb Williams taking a four-yard loss, a sack running out of bounds on a play instead of throwing it away? I think he has a
2: least likely chance of getting hit on the sideline. Yeah. Because aren't you more cognizant to not do that hit on the sideline?
1: Right. I think people... And people... If can, you're running towards the sideline, people are less likely to hit you. Now, it happens, and you get a 15 yard penalty if it does.
2: And you can still get hit even when sliding. I mean, wasn't Dylan Gabriel sliding on his big hit? The one that knocked him out?
1: Um, I think it was, yeah. I think he was sliding on that one.
2: So, I mean, I personally would probably rather go... Sideline, then take the slide.
1: Yeah. No, I that's just, true.
2: I just think it's, I just think it's him being extra cautious to make sure he doesn't get hurt and take a, take a hit like that.
1: Yeah. Let's get, well, we have a bunch of questions started. Let me, uh, we'll okay. try to put these up quickly. Rapid. We'll do some rapid here. Um, this is from Graham. Why does Lincoln seem to not care to do anything to improve the kick punt return game? Special teams, Chris. I think
2: they don't spend too much time on it.
1: I think we don't. We can't tell because we're not watching. We can't
2: tell, but I just think they have focuses. They focus on scoring points and stopping people from scoring points more than yeah. special teams. And they probably should do Ryan's advice: to just fair catch everything.
1: They should. Um, I'm going to be a special teams coordinator because I think I would do pretty, pretty good at. But You could tell when Lincoln, watched the video. So we put up instant analysis. Chris and Jack did a great job of that. And in that content item on the front page of uscfootball.com is Lincoln Riley's uh, conference as well. You can check that out. But when he goes through, when I ask him the question about special teams, he goes through the stuff, the way he was talking about the field position they've lost with the kick return, you could tell he was not happy about it. So I feel like it's going to be a point of emphasis. It's something they're going to do, but. Just be better off uh, fair catching it and go from there. M. Morris, do you feel like USC deserves their ranking?
2: I think they're a little high. Really? Yeah, I'm still on this. I think they're probably like ten or nine.
1: Really? Eleven. I'm good with. I'm good with six.
2: Like the polls mean nothing until they, they mean something. Anything, at the but end, like but everybody's flawed. Everybody's like, flawed. That's true. I think
1: you just you have like this hyper. We we are looking into a microscope at USC if we were doing the same thing to Oklahoma state or like Tennessee, you're like, I could see why they're not ahead of USC. Um, so I, yeah, I feel like we can be, you can be a little too much. Like, little you like, you know, what the you know where the warts are, right? Sure. But every team has warts. They all have warts. I know what flaps to look under. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> we got black Chan has a bunch of them. So we'll try to do one or two of these. Uh, Where can USC exploit Washington State on both offense and defense?
2: Force Cameron Ward to make bad decisions. Confuse him. He is, I believe, second to last or second in the Pac-12 in turnovers in terms of picks. Yes. Confuse him, pressure him, and uh, make him throw picks defensively. Wait, I answered that. How they take advantage of them on offense? How do they take advantage of them on defense? They give up a lot of passing yards. They so I think the air attack is going to be kind of the thing, unless uh, Washington State goes into this, you know, trying to get them to run on them. Yeah, that's where the dropping eight. So I'm interested to see what they do, but. They give up a lot of passing yards. Uh, Don't give up that many passing touchdowns, but this is obviously, I think, the best passing offense they're going to face. Right. So I'll be interested. Wide receivers as well. So it'll be interesting to see that matchup. But I like USC in that.
1: Yeah. And uh, he followed up. He had, like, Cam Ward has seven picks. Do you think USC gets at least one in this game? I think so. Yeah. I think there's going to be some. That's going to be opportunities, I think, for USC. Yeah. Uh, Adrian says, uh, "Who is your defensive MVP at this point of the season?"
2: Probably Gentry.
1: Eric Gentry. Okay.
2: Then maybe Mackay. Then Thule.
1: Ooh, you put Mackay. I think I'm probably going Thule. Okay. But they're all. I think they're all good choices. You know, potentially. Like, there's a lot there. Here's one, another Blackie Chan one. Sorry. It says, when USC beats Washington State, do you think we'd jump up to four or five, or do we stay at six? Completely depending on what happens in front Completely. of
2: Completely. Yeah. If they destroy
1: them, like. I don't think you're passing anybody. Yeah. Like you're not, Clemson's look good, like a lot better than I thought they'd look, you know? Michigan just, you know, their schedule's not been great, but they you just need someone they to beat stumble. Iowa. Yeah, I think that's one of those things, but I don't think they would drop or whatever. You beat Utah. Utah, then, yeah. You could move up
2: without a stumble above
1: you. The problem is that they lost to a middle-of-the-road Florida team, and that's that's not great. Dan, if you were Grinch, would you rather be the defensive coordinator with a chance of a natty or a Power 5 head coach with no chance? Give me the DC. Really? I want that ring what the head coaching salary like I it want, changes your life oh, you just want the buyout it changes your yeah Oh, the buyouts are amazing <laughs> it changes your life to become a head coach so i think you get the opportunity like you become a head coach somewhere good that you don't have a chance to win a national championship there but you build up and you get hired by a place as the head coach to be a national championship i'm shooting for the stars chris i'm like going for long term i'm not trying to win a You're ring on the clay track like i'm not doing uh who is the dude um Von miller is it Von miller that like Trying to win a Super Bowl three different teams, Uh, he went to Denver now. He won a Super Bowl. The two uh, he won with wait was it Denver and Rams and the Rams, and then I forget where he went now, Philly or something like that, or no Buffalo. He's in Buffalo now, so he's trying to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, Um, but yeah, that's good. Question from this is touchdown USC. Why is there reluctance to fair catch the kickoff returns? They want to make plays, I guess. Yeah, when I was talking to other special teams coordinators, and USC doesn't have one right now, it was more about, and I think we talked about this on Tunnel Vision a little bit, don't look at it like the, if you look at the expect like whatever, you try to return the, the ball and you get to the 20, and then the 19, and then the 21. I'm looking at that, I'm like, you're losing yards every single time. In the coaches' minds, it was like, yeah, we might be fall short, fall short, fall short, but the one you'd get, that beats it, it doesn't go 30. It doesn't go to the 30, so you get five extra yards. It's going for a touchdown. That's the theory, you know, like so if you have five kickoff returns and four of them fall short of the 25, but you know they're like at the 20. They're, they're, you're okay. That's still nowhere near as good as returning one of those five for a touchdown. So would you rather have five drives that start at the 25, or four of them that start at the 20? And one that scores a touchdown, you would rather take that. But whatever. Sorry, Chris is former special, out.
2: special former teams player here. Chris just is just letting Ryan soothing special
1: uh, teams talk. Yeah, I think. Oh, so I think he. Uh, I think we got that same question a couple of times. All right, I think that's it for the questions that we had. So, um, awesome. It's been a show. Yeah. Uh, thank you, for everyone on YouTube. Got Thank you, everyone, on YouTube. Yeah, we had a, a bunch, of, like, what, 185 people in the middle of the day just watching us on uh, on the YouTube. So we appreciate that. I hope that. you were
2: entertained.
1: Oh, Chris, I forgot to hit record. We need to do this again. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, we're both um, running on fumes. So, But we appreciate you hanging with us. I feel good. Hopefully you didn't feel like we were running on fumes. We try to bring some energy. Try to bring it. Had my tea earlier today. We should get
2: one of the towel guys in here on Tuesday, like to yeah to, to whip at us.
1: I'm, yeah, um, we need to. I wish we could talk to like Betty Wiley about that stuff, but I, I maybe I'd talk to him off the record and see. Like, tell me the towel guy. I need some intel on the towel guys, Benny. Okay, we will wrap things up. I'm pulling out my laptop because I need to. You got to get. F- I have to. F-
2: I finesse these ghost notes. Oh yeah, All the ghost notes are still are going to going
1: read my notes. They're going to read. Them. Oh, nice. And uh, make sure you check out Chris's two star composite. Composite two star recruits. We composite. didn't even talk about USC getting a big commitment the other day. Oh yes. Well, I figured you guys would. Yeah, we, we, we got it. We got it. We're going to handle it. You We're can fit it. in hour number four the commitment that USC got, and uh, we'll have another preview show coming up on Thursday. Lots of preview articles on USC and Washington State, so make sure you check it out. Tom Hare. Does a great job breaking everything down. I usually do my five questions, the know your foe piece, like asking uh, an expert and whoever the opponent USC is playing. Uh, Five questions I have about the team to kind of give you guys all more information about who USC's next opponent is. But for Chris Dorito, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We really enjoyed bringing it to you, broadcasting it to you, recording it, all of that. And we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask
2: us
0: all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just
2: great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening